What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new mini series here at the Geekiverse. It's kind of a big mini series, but <laughs> mini, mini, you're kidding me. So, 23 episodes coming your way. What is 23 in it? You guessed it. Currently, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Welcome to MCU Review. We've been talking about doing something like this for a long time now. Really, really excited to get this underway. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me, seemingly as always, my man, John Fick. Man, I'm so excited oh, to be here. John, this is your baby. Yeah. I just, you're, you're beaming right now. I am. Like I, a, proud, a proud dad. It's, it's just, you get to a situation where you, you sit through 23 movies and you, you're dumbfounded that they pulled it off. They, there's, a, there's this saga. It's a decade and there's so many films and they're so good and it's such a good story. You just want to talk about it. I mean, it, it's something that I go through all the time. Ever since this Disney Plus came out, I just want to rewatch these movies and I want to talk to somebody about it. Now we got the show. The MCU reviewed is here. We rewatch, we review. Baby, I'm in. It's now given us another reason to to watch the MCU movies. As if we needed it's it. It's quite incredible. <laughs> As if we needed it. Joining us, the new face at the Geekiverse. He's everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> The Platinum King, ah, there it is. Rashawn Anderson. <laughs> What's up, everybody? What's going on? <laughs> so, uh, excited to bring you this show. We kind of, sort of did this a little bit with Star Wars. Uh, we only got about uh, a third of the way through. We'll get that. We'll revisit that at some point. We will. We will. I commit that. I'm, uh, I'm committing to you. We, we will do that. We will do it. It's called Hindsight, a Star Wars series. Uh, we were doing it in the lead up to Rise of Skywalker. Fall off the tracks a little bit, but you can go watch episodes one through Solo. Almost. No. Yeah. Solo, yeah, solo. right yeah. now. So all we're missing so, is the new trilogy, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So what we are doing here today, we're going to talk about Iron Man. But first, uh, MCU Review is presented by our friends at Fantastic. Uh, some of the, the best people you'll ever meet. Uh, what do they do? They sell geeky themed shirts that you can find at 26shirts.com slash fantastic. That's F-A-N-T-E-E-S-T-I-C. And proceeds go to those in need. Uh, real quick, uh, some of the, the, the situations that their proceeds have helped over the years. Uh, families with needs like a young daughter fighting leukemia, uh, another daughter who has had an eye removed because of rare pediatric cancer, a family whose son was hit by a car. There's no end to the amount of wonderful people that 26 shirts and Fantastic have helped over the years. They have raised over $750,000 directly to these families since their inception just a few years back. We are extremely pleased and proud to have them be a part of this. So as always, uh, MCU Review will be presented by Fantastic. More on them later in the show. Guys, we are here today to talk about this oh, movie right man. here. And he's got the hard copy coming in hot. Got the hard copy. Got all the hard copies, so we'll be able to do that. We'll post uh, some links to where you can find there this. There yeah, okay, that, I look got at two cover. I think Rashawn's is a more OG. I think yours is a re-release. Yeah, this is the OG. Yeah, this for is sure. the OG right here. <laughs> Dude, Rashawn, that one is awesome. So, real quick background on this. Uh, I became an MCU fanboy when Avengers came out. 2012. First Avengers movie. As did Medi. Um, definitely not alone in that. When, uh, when that, that shared universe hit me, 
that that was a possibility and that it was so cool and so well done on what I thought was a large scale with Avengers. I mean, my goodness, look what we've done with Infinity War. That I went out to Best Buy and bought every MCU movie without seeing them. Oh, wow. That was it. That was it. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more nitty gritty on that shortly. Cool. But this was one of the movies that I purchased. So, uh, John, why don't we give a little bit of a rundown on what the series is going to look like here week in, week out? Yeah. So, we're so of course, weekly, we're going to ask you guys, if you want to follow along from home, every Monday, we're going to post this. So, you've got a whole week. We're going in order, release order, of course. We're not going to try to get fancy and go in different timelines and, and you know, the yearly order, stuff like that. People, crazy people that like to watch the, the prequels before the, the original trilogy in Star Wars. We're not, we're not getting silly like that. Um, release order every week, 23 weeks, unless we double up. We'll figure that out. There's, that's a lot of weeks. We'll, we'll, we'll see what's going on. Um, but you'll always know. Follow us on, the, on Twitter over at The Geekiverse on Twitter. Um, we want you following along. We want to be in the comments feeling like, you're part of the show as well. I want to know. I want to get some Twitter reviews and see what other people think, not just us. So I want I want engagement to be a big part of this one. Um, every week doing a show, we're going to be breaking down. First, we're going to start. We're going to watch the trailer. That was a great idea. We didn't have that in the show notes until recently. We're going to watch the very first trailer, see what that looks like. We're going to break down our thoughts and impressions. We're going to rank the MCU every week. That rank is going to change. So we're going to fight. We're, that's my that, that is by far what I'm most excited for to see how this this shared ranking plays out. Um, basically, at the end of every episode, we're gonna pull up a graphic with uh, with our current rankings, and we're gonna fight out where we think it belongs in the list. So we're gonna we're gonna vote. We're gonna see where it lands. And we've got a little special surprise too. So we've got something called the snap. You, you, <laughs> might, you might see over on our our sides here. We've got a couple of Infinity Gauntlets here. The snaps. So those snaps represent a uh, an action that we can take if we think that something got snubbed. Say Rashawn and I, we think Iron Man is better than Guardians of the Galaxy, so it gets a higher spot. Josiah disagrees. He can use one of his snaps. He puts out a Twitter <laughs> poll over on the Geek versus Twitter, and it simply says Iron Man versus Guardians of the Galaxy. If the fans come through and they win it for him, those two numbers flip. He gets what he wants. Yeah. The rankings are affected. So we each get three snaps. That's going to be pretty fun. They have to be touching. So it bas- it has to be... We can only let one movie hop another. We're not going to be able to pull Thor Dark World from the from very last place and throw it at number one. We're not letting huh. that happen. Not happening. <laughs> so yeah, they have to be touching. We get three of them. You can save them. You can not use them if, you, if we all agree. Not a big deal. Um, but that's going to be a lot of fun using those snaps. So definitely follow us over uh, on Twitter at the Geekiverse because that's where those polls will be. Feel free to promote this. Like once once you put that poll out there, get all your friends, try to get somebody famous to retweet it, get all get all the interaction you want, because you're gonna you need some help. So John, a little housekeeping here on the show. Yeah. If uh we're a few weeks in and I, I wanna use my first snap, mm-hmm. I can do that middle of the show without you guys knowing. Correct? Or do we need to wait until we figure things out? So so in my eyes, the snaps would happen after the show. You you would okay. you would have an idea throughout the week and you would put out that tweet. And you, that, that poll will run until the next show. Sounds good. So you'll reveal whether or not your snap was successful that very next show. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So uh, quick spoiler alert to everybody out there. I know for a fact, when given the opportunity, John's going to try to rile me up. I see it. I see it in his, his smirk right now. Just look at him. It's going to happen. <laughs> we have a lot of the uh, same rankings. We, cause we both previously ranked the MCU. And uh, 
there, there are a few notable exceptions, which we'll, you'll see in the coming weeks. And it's going to be a blast. Rashawn, I'm getting to know Rashawn a little bit here. So we'll, we'll see kind of where, where people go with, with different rankings and how we use our snaps. But guys, it's, it's going to be, this fun. is going to be a blast. And I will say, you know, we've both ranked the, the MCU before. I, I could not off the top of my head, give you even oh, no. my top 10 of what I've ranked them in before. I always like to try to do it with a fresh look. And as, as I've just watched these movies kind of pair them against what I had just seen, I think that's the most fun way to do it rather than to just like pull up a list of 23 movies and just drag them around without, you know, having any fresh context. I couldn't even, I don't even know if I can tell you the top five I picked for the last time I did an MCU ranking. So I always like to kind of, to redo this because it's just fun. I just like talking the MCU. It changes. It does. It, it does change. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, totally into it. Uh, do, uh, do we want to start with the trailer? Yeah, that's what, so let's get up the okay. Iron Man trailer. So we all have to pull so, it up on our own devices here. So give us a second. Uh, what is happening while John's pulling that up? Uh, you're if you're watching the show, you're watching at youtube.com slash thegeekiverse or thegeekiverse.com. Uh, you may be listening to this in podcast form on a number of different uh, podcast providers. That being said, we're going to be silent for about two minutes and 29 seconds. No, the, the podcast did not go dead. Uh, just wait it out or, or fast forward. Nothing, obviously, we can do about that. But from the video end, you'll be seeing what we're watching here because uh, I mean, we want to watch this and they're gonna react hear, to it. They're going to hear the trailer, the podcast version. It'll, it'll come through fine. So you'll be able to listen along. Paint yourself a little picture. Try to try to visualize and conceptualize what you think the Iron Man trailer looks like just via sound. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So disregard what I said. You will hear the trailer yeah, you won't be able to and see do it, what John said there. Yeah. Um, I tried to find like the very first trailer I can find. I did see some people in the comments saying like, oh, like the, the very first trailer doesn't exist anywhere. I don't recall. I, I remember Iron Man being a thing, but this is the first one I found. Absolutely ridiculous. I don't paint. What do you say to your other nickname, the Merchant of Death? That's not bad. They say the best weapon is one you never have to fire. I prefer the weapon you only need to fire once. That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it. And it's worked out pretty well so far. To peace. Is it cool if I take a picture with you? Yes. It's very cool. I don't want to see this on your MySpace page. Please, no gang signs. No, throw it up. I'm kidding. You have till tomorrow to assemble my missile. I should be dead already. Unless it was for a reason. I just finally know what I have to do. That doesn't look like a missile. What are you building, Stark? I'm working on something big.
All right, boys. What do we think of that trailer? Rashad, you go first. Um, it's kind of surreal seeing. I, I, I remember that trailer, but I don't. There, I haven't watched again. It's been uh, <laughs> twelve years. Yeah. Um, first time I ever saw that trailer just now. Probably me yeah. too. Maybe I've seen it on a commercial when I, you know, back in '08 or '09. But like that does not seem very familiar. It's tough to be. Yeah, I only, I only remember little snippets of it. Um, just of course being you know a little nerd at that time. Uh, it's great. I mean, it captured. I love the. Of course, you got to play Iron Man in the Iron Man uh, trailer. Of course. Um, and we'll talk about this throughout most of these movies. But just talking about seeing this stuff now, knowing the end result, and obviously you know the MCU isn't over; it'll continue. But just knowing the end result, and then putting that into context, and then what we were seeing back then, like the only thing that comes to mind, at least from the trailer aspect, is. I feel like I remember feeling like not necessarily the dream come true. That was more Avengers, but just looking at Robert Downey Jr. at that time and being like, man, like, and obviously before seeing the movie, but just from the trailer, he captured what I would want in an Iron Man, uh, what I wanted from Tony Stark. And I got that just from the trailer. Uh, So getting to see that come to life, getting to see a live action Iron Man, um, not going to lie and say that was something I've always wanted. You know, that's something you would want growing up like Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, X-Men way back in the, in the classic Marvel days. But seeing a live action Iron Man was something that was like, what? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's where I'm at with it too, is I, I don't think I remember much of this trailer. I don't even know how much I was aware of this movie coming out before it was already out. Um, I know for a fact that I saw it in theaters, but I remember doing so because there was already buzz around it. I remember maybe not going on opening weekend, but maybe the, the following weekend after some friends had already seen it. And back in 08, I didn't really, like, I was still in high school. I was, I was probably, I was, 08, I would have been a, a junior in high school, uh, sophomore in high school, actually. I wasn't running in circles with nerds, to be honest. Like, I, did, I, had, I had friends that were, like, sort of interested in that stuff, but I didn't, I didn't get into those, those, uh, those friend groups until after high school. So, like, I, I didn't have much buzz around this other than, like, what I saw online. And I'm like, okay, you know... Spider-Man's the best best superhero movie, so Iron Man, we'll see. We didn't know what they, they were going to attempt to build with the MCU. Um, so the buzz hit. I, trailers barely affected me. I went to see it. I remember being absolutely blown away by it, though. Like, just straight up, like, they... they I thought I thought Spider-Man was, like, the... We wanted superhero movies. They perfected it. That's what we want. We got the campiness. We got a little bit of seri- seriousness. I thought you couldn't do it better than Spider-Man. Then Iron Man came out, and I'm like... These guys know what's up. I didn't. I didn't care about Iron Man before two hours ago, but they're doing something cool here. <laughs> I think. Um, so this is one of three MCU movies I did not see in theaters. Uh, we'll get, you know, back to that and more episodes for us down the line here. But uh, 2008, I think back, and so I was just ahead of your timeline a little bit, John. I, I was a senior uh, in high school, and. Dark Knight uh, was 2008. Oh, yeah. I saw that four times in theaters, which is the most I've ever seen any movie uh, tied for any Star Wars film, by the way. And that that was my uh, that was actually my number one for a while until Endgame. I saw it also four times in theaters. (laughs) Very nice. Uh, So Batman, I was Batman crazy 
and I was traditionally not a superhero guy. And to your point, John, uh, same thing in high school. I was not really into kind of the, these nerdy circles, if you will. I was always a video gamer, but more casual. And um, I'm not really into anything comic booky. Star Wars was about it for me. Enter Batman. That was it for me at that point. I was like, oh my gosh, this is my favorite superhero. Dark Knight, I'm into it. I wanted to go back, play, or uh, you know, read comics. So were you not really into, into the, uh, the, the Raimi Spider-Man movies? Those didn't do much for you? Uh, I saw all of them. I I enjoyed them, but th- it was never anything more than casual. Got it. It was never like what like we eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff now. Sure. Then it was like, oh, cool. There's a new Spider-Man, and yeah, I'll go see it. And I saw all three of those original ones in theaters. Did not see Iron Man. Um, looking at this trailer here and, and watching it, like I said, for the first time, it's so origin-esque. And that's what the movie is, so that's fine. But... I don't know that this would have gotten me excited back in the day. Nowadays, I probably, because again, this is what we do. But um, watching the, the trailer through and seeing Iron Man in his Iron Man actual suit, that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And again, you know, we, we got to think back. Robert Downey Jr. was, he was a guy that was trying to build his stock back up af- after some relatively rough years. So coming back into to the game here with this, and then he had the Sherlock Holmes movie shortly after that. Uh, this was the beginning of, of a nice prominent return for a, for a guy like that, yeah. who I consider to be one of the, arguably the greatest superhero casting of all time. Oh, no doubt. Uh, I, th- I think that was like perfect casting. And I, and I think at that point, our, like Robert Downey Jr., he was kind of untouchable for, for like a lot of studios from what I remember reading. And John Favreau was like adamant that they take a chance on this guy. I think if you look up a lot of like the trivia and the quotes, uh, he has the quote that like, I just knew this is a guy that could pull off the lovable asshole, which is yeah, straight up what this character is. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, we've got kind of on our list here, uh, so we, you know, do you remember seeing it in theaters? Did you guys each just see this once in theaters? Just once for sure, but I did see it in theaters. This is actually one of uh, two movies I didn't MCU movies I didn't see in theaters. I remember my first experience watching it, but this was actually one I did not watch in theaters. Gotcha. Um, so you know, we talked about Dark Knight had come out this year that took over it was hysteria for a while uh iron man was there kind of almost quietly in contrast to that and later on as we'll talk about next week uh, incredible hulk so good year for for superheroes at the box office um john do you have the box office numbers pulled up just yet yeah i do uh so total box office on iron man one was 585 million so i mean a big movie, and especially for 2008, that's a huge movie. Like an absolutely phenomenal box office run. Um, so 585, I mean, it sounds it sounds minuscule to the numbers we're used to talking about with the MCU, obviously. And even you mentioned The Dark Knight. I have that pulled up as well. Dark Knight did just over a billion. So it was one of those, uh, it was one of those movies that hit the B. But obviously, very different situations, different caliber. This was, people got to remember, Marvel was not Marvel until the MCU started mm-hmm. to, to, I mean, like, DC was, like, you're talking pop culture. DC was ahead of Marvel in everyone's mind share. Unless maybe you were, like, a comic book fanboy. But for, like, normal pop culture, it was Batman, it was Superman, it was Joker. Like, those were th- those were ahead of the, the Spider-Mans and the X-Men's for a while in, in, in terms of mind share before the MCU. So when The Dark Knight comes out, and it is what it is, and it makes that kind of money, like, 
it's to be expected. The film was incredible. 585 for Iron Man is nothing to nothing to scoff at. Uh, it's ranked number 74 for lifetime gross. That's not adjusted for anything. So that's just total cash. Number 74, respectable in the top 100. Yeah, it's good. And even by today's standards, it's good. Good. Yeah. It's not necessarily good for an MCU movie with how just they they've kind of taken off for us. Yeah. But 2008, that's saying a lot. And I mean, imagine if Dark Knight pulls the similar numbers to that nowadays like my my goodness i don't know absolutely crazy i don't know what the budget was but i mean you assume it wasn't anything north of 200 million it was probably in those those low 100s if, if that so i mean made its money back and then some and again it was the foundation for this it wasn't it wasn't a mid-tier movie it didn't come out after any kind of like established groundwork was laid no john you you couldn't be more spot on we always i think take it for granted nowadays but this is iron man is the hero that built the the MCU arguably, or at least it was the backbone of this to to start. Because even, you're right, know how that's Marvel, arguable. Like that's Mar- well, Marvel was not really totally relevant. It, it was relevant, but not to the degree of dominance that we see nowadays, sure. where people care about these B, C, and D list superheroes and come out in droves to see them. Whereas you had your headliners back here, and it was still a risk to to like take those on so with with disney and marvel getting that done it's just man it's quite a different world we live in from 12 years ago when we're talking about marvel yeah i think it's worth Um, noting that this is just like what they had to work with they didn't have sony or they didn't have spider-man sony had spider-man locked up they didn't have hulk which right now hulk kind of seems beats here to us but like 90s early 2000s hulk was up there with spider-man and the x-men as like the most popular uh, marvel characters Hulk has always been up there. That's why we got multiple Hulk movies, series, stuff like that. They didn't even own that. They had to kind of license that movie out. They didn't have X-Men at all. So to take a, a character like Iron Man, which was like arguably B-tier, maybe even C-tier at the time, and make it what it was, was like great work. Great work. And thing, um, Oh, go ahead, go Joe. Ahead. My bad. No, you're good, Rashawn. You take over. Okay. Um, one thing to add too, you guys kind of hinted at it earlier, uh, that this Marvel wasn't the Marvel that we know. Um, Marvel Studios was on the verge of bankruptcy if this movie, uh, well, at at the time, and if this movie doesn't work out, uh, all of the Marvel superheroes get Spider Man. They get sold off to Universal. Maybe more get sold off to Sony. They get sold off to Paramount. They just get shipped out, and then we never get exactly what we got with the mcu um so that's a big thing to keep in mind as well so <laughs> iron man literally this was like uh they were on life support yeah, this is- <laughs> and and iron man not only saved uh saved the day in the movie saved the day in real life <laughs> so that that's a huh. big uh part of history to know and the risky thing with this movie too is that Again, we look at it now and it's like, man, that's tough to believe, especially people that grew up with this MCU stuff. Um, Iron Man at the time of release, C tier, C tier superhero. I think it's like, not even it's not even a stretch to say that Iron Man was more iconic for the Black Sabbath song than it was for the comic book character at the time before that movie yeah, came out. At, at that time, like right. your heavy hitters for Marvel. Uh, Probably in this order, Spider-Man, Incredible Hulk, uh, X-Men, Fantastic Four. Yep. Those are your those are your major players. That, with Spider-Man and Hulk being global brands. And spoiler, that's why somebody else owned all of those other brands because they were worth something. 
Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So they were left with Thor, Captain America. Uh, at the time, they were left with scraps and they turned those scraps into icons that are now <laughs> that are now the global icons that Spider-Man and Hulk were and still are. Yep. It's a, it's amazing. And to think like so we kind of grew up in the middle of it and maybe to a lesser degree, like I, I didn't appreciate the 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 turnaround with what we saw with Marvel because I didn't know any better, but there are, you know, think of generations older than us who saw this this happen where like Rashawn you said they became icons, and then we think about generations that are maybe a little younger than us and even past that they'll never know, probably a time when Marvel isn't king. Obviously, we never know what tomorrow holds, but this MCU is legendary. This is established. Like that's. That's what they're going to know. How crazy is that? Yeah. It all starts with Iron Man. It all starts with Iron Man. Who I, you know, he's the, the father of the MCU. Just um, some bullet points I wanted to go through. You guys feel free to interrupt me. But I, I kind of was taking notes as I, I was watching the, the movie on Disney Plus just uh, the other day. But as, as we kind of mentioned with other studios being involved... See the Paramount logo right up front. Yeah, they like, they published and distributed this movie. Yeah, amazing, right? Again, that's so foreign to us now with where we are with with what Disney and Marvel Studios have done. But back then, this movie was a risk from a financial standpoint for sure. So Paramount is there. Um, a few things that kind of date the movie, which I think is great because I we're only twelve years removed from the movie, but it feels like it holds up beautifully like with without almost without a step to me uh, a few references myspace yeah right off the you bat love you love uh, that one uh, there's one of my favorite ones Rashad, I was yeah. on mute. i'm yeah. sorry no worries, um, i had that i had that in my notes too yeah myspace <laughs> cool though cool to see them you know taking stabs they you know they, they took the bet on the wrong social media but hey <laughs> i love it though i absolutely love that tony's phone even is supposed to be this this high-tech phone and it's got you know a version of essentially facetime on it yeah. but it looks like a, a phone easily from the, the mid 2000s there. When I say I wasn't like a nerd in high school, I was a tech nerd. So I remember that Verizon phone coming out and the, being such a weird like design. I used to watch like all those phone reviews and stuff like that. So I was super familiar with whatever that phone was called back then. And I'm like, that phone can't do video calling. <laughs> I know for a fact that thing doesn't do video calling. Garbage. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of other kind of, you know, odd references, uh, I don't know if you guys remember or not, but like Burger King was a huge sponsor of this, this movie too. So obviously, you know, Tony wants a cheeseburger when he gets back uh, to America and he's eating a Burger King burger. Uh, but like Burger King was all. Ab- yeah. Oh, Josiah froze up on me. Oh, we lost Josiah again. He'll come back in just a second. <laughs> and he's back already. That was kind of another interesting thing. Josiah, we lost you for a second. I'm coming back. Yeah. I'm coming back. You're always every coming back. Every show. The, the, yeah, every show. Oh, am I back? You're back. <laughs> the the thing I wanted to point out about the burgers, just to gloss over you completely dropping out and ruining the show, is um, I didn't realize that he ate three burgers until this viewing. He eats one what? burger. He gets out of the limo. He has a wrapper in his hand. I thought it was his one. No. He, he, <laughs> when he gets out of the limo, he has a wrapper in his hand. He hands that wrapper to somebody else, and he grabs and he opens another burger as he's walking to the, uh, walking into the, the, the press hall or wherever he's walking into, and then as he's sitting on the stage, he opens another burger he and takes a few bites. One. Three burgers involved. <laughs> Big development. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely never noticed that. It's either three burgers or a problem with continuity. <laughs> How come that's never talked about? We talk about everything else in the MCU. 
Um, yeah, I, that was just another interesting thing. Um, something definitely to note here is we got a the original Rhodes, uh, James Rhodes, played by Terrence Howard. Yeah. Uh, a fine performance. You know, no no complaints from my end. Yeah. However, he is not uh, he's not the Rhodes to me after what we saw with every movie past this. Of course, I would have loved to see what Terrence Howard would have done because I think he had like a he, he had a little bit more of that comedic element that Don Cheadle doesn't have. Don Cheadle does great. He he's a really really good Rhodes, great war machine. He's got those good quips, but they're more like serious like they're almost like stepfather like quips. Like he's 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 a little prestigious. He's more of a war general whereas like the the first Rhodes we got was a little more a, a little more slapstick and I think we could have gotten a little just, just would have loved to see that alternate timeline, what that would have looked like. I'm interested for sure. Don't know if it would have been better. I thought he was great. Who knows what would have happened in the future. Love Don Cheadle too, so can't go wrong. I agree. Um, Tony and Pepper's relationship. So obviously we know where it gets to, and, and I think it evolves very nicely over the Iron Man and uh, other MCU movies. But here it's it's mostly work professional, but then they kind of start throwing these quips at each other. And obviously these, you know, the flirting here and there. And I think it's kind of funny to go back and, and see them where they were. Cause I forget about their dynamics sometimes in just all of the stuff that happens in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I thought that was something to note as well. It's so natural and it's not forced. A lot of uh, superhero movies prior and even after the romance is always so forced. Um, like it, like they just wanted to make it a part of the story just because. I feel like their relationship, more than any other relationship in most comic book movies, is it just flows. Yeah, and, I and think it's natural. A big reason for that is if you kind of do a little bit more research and read all these MCU facts and quips, like I have, the the script for Iron Man was not done when they started filming this movie. The, the script was not done. They were they were more they were more worried about the action sequences than they were the story. So they wanted to start filming. John Favreau wasn't in that mindset. He obviously wanted there to be some good stuff. So he told our DJ to start just ad libbing. So that uh, the, if you ever notice in Iron Man, there's a lot of multi camera shots where they're switching back and forth cam wise. It's because they were taking so many different takes because a lot of that stuff was just straight up ad libbed. So a lot of that Pepper Potts, Tony, those in like I think specifically the stuff where he's in his shop, a lot of the that conversation is just straight up natural ad lib conversation that just happened on the spot. Probably took a bunch of takes, but it was all just uh, all just improv. A lot of it, at least, obviously not the whole movie, but yeah, there's there's a good amount of improv, and I think it really shows. And the, they the way they really play off each other is natural, like you said. Yeah, their dynamic is great when it comes to chemistry. Uh, between RDJ and Gwyneth Paltrow, I think it's, it's, it's. If you didn't have that, you know, we're looking at a different story between those those two characters for sure. Um, last kind of note that I had was, um, it's relevant today. The the Ten Rings references. Yeah. Uh, so you know, one of the the upcoming movies, uh, Shang Chi, and the Legend of the the Ten Rings, I believe it's going to be called. Um, a character I know really nothing about, Same. honestly. Yeah, me either. But what an incredible thing that that you know what's going to be prominent in that movie is uh, something that is referenced all the way back in movie number one. Yeah. And the MCU does this time and time again, where it pulls old references without feeling out of place and forced. Whereas maybe sometimes Star Wars doesn't do as good of a job. For example, the MCU does it and makes it relevant. Uh, sure. Like we see some of the these these characters or, or storylines go all the way through. It's just it's just uh, incredible writing. The way so and, uh, I, 
the way I the, the way that hits me is a little bit more that it was um it was planning for Iron Man more so than it was for the MCU because if I understand again I'm not a big comic guy more of a film MCU kind of guy um, the Ten Rings are like huge huge Iron Man I mean that's like that's like Spider Man Doc Ock stuff like it's a very 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 big prominent villain slash organization in the Iron Man stuff so I almost feel like that was more of like all right at the very least we'll, we want to keep Iron Man going so we're gonna plant like you know those kind of things yeah that. Great for them to include that kind of stuff. Obviously, we see more of that seed planting later, but cool stuff. Yeah, it's amazing all these years later. Um, kind of a, a quick plug, too. In the lead-up to Infinity War, I had written an article on... on uh, Some of my members of the Geekiverse had helped as well, but an article on every single movie. Um, and we did call that series Some Assembly Required, which I know we were kind of tossing around names for, for this at first. Mm. But in short... It'll list uh, just a quick synopsis of the movie if you want to get caught up in addition to this episode. Uh, notable appearances. So we kind of listed almost comic book style. So obviously this being the first movie, it'll say first appearance of Iron Man, first appearance of Pepper Potts, James Rhodey, um, and so on and so forth. We also list uh, what Stan Lee's appearance looks like and the post credit scenes. Or in this case, scene. So... Uh, Stan Lee's appearance, we get it uh, midway through the movie here. He's kind of pictured as this Hugh Hefner-like character, and I believe he calls him Hef, right? He does, yeah. So I, I love talking about that. Like Again, I don't think there's a real answer out there, but was RDJ, or I'm sorry, was uh, was Tony Stark confusing him for Hef, or was Stan Lee actually playing Hugh Hefner? I wonder what the intent was when they actually filmed that scene, because obviously they didn't have the foresight to realize that they were going to cameo him in 23 movies from out. Like, you know, they weren't planting that scene. They just wanted to get Hef, they just want Hef. They wanted to get uh, Stan Lee in here, obviously just to pay the respect and the, and the homage, but I wonder if he was actually playing Hef, or if Tony just confused them. <laughs> I like the ambiguity there uh, going unanswered there. However, I'll say, uh, you know, forgive me. Didn't Stan Lee cameo in most Marvel movies before that? Yeah. Too? Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But he always okay. played a character. I, I just don't know if it's ever been something on the nose like this before. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That, uh, that's a good one. That's, that's in your face. Uh, the post credit scene is Nick Fury uh, kind of laying out the idea of the Avenger initiative. So, you know, kind of laying the groundwork here for, for what is. This post credit scene so still gives me butterflies to this very day. Especially knowing um, what we know now. Yes. And I, I know you guys, uh, you said you weren't big into like, you know, the nerd circles or, or whatnot. Um, I was. <laughs> so, no, no. You know, I, I was. I just didn't have friends that also were. <laughs> right, right, right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um the it's tough for me even to put into words and i know we'll get to this more so especially when we get to the the first avengers movie um the even the the concept of an avengers movie of any sort of of live action of course you know but not counting anything animated but anything live at, like that just didn't register just because that's something you laughed off that's something that's like okay they can't they they can barely do blade right you know they have a laughable electra movie uh spider-man's nowhere to be found after spider-man they're like these are things that you just don't think of yeah um at the at that time in 2008 and then seeing that and seeing 
Nick Fury, uh, and seeing, seeing you know, Sam, Sam Jackson. Jackson like, oh, I was gonna God, say, like, right? Nobody. I, seeing, if if that casting was out there and people knew that, I certainly didn't. When when I first saw right. that, I was like, that was what? something that I at the time I I did not know. Yeah. Uh, that that was definitely a shock to me. So just seeing that and hearing him say, "I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative," and yeah. it's just like what? And, and watching that now for me, like it's just the 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 parallels it has to the MCU. What he just straight up says, "You don't know this now." But you're part of the, of a bigger universe, and it's just like now when I watch that, I get chills. There they are. There's the, you can't you can't see it, but yeah, they're there. There's the spider <laughs> sense. It's just like man, it's so good. It, it's just perfect. And we had no idea. Like we thought, and it, it got to a point even with the first Avenger where we thought we knew. We didn't know anything. Nothing. <laughs> For sure. And seriously, like think about that. We, you know, I think uh, most people would feel the same. But when we got to the original Avengers, I was like. My goodness, this is one of my favorite movies ever. We just had this crazy shared universe without, you know, five or six superheroes. How can it get any better than this? And then it we does. get to Infinity War and Endgame, and like it's just like they they were always pushing the ceiling yeah. on everything, and it's it holds such a special place in my heart. I couldn't agree more with you guys. That sentiment that you know you don't know it yet. Is is so meaningful and important, yeah. and goes beyond that movie and that character, and even RDJ, right? Like, just man, I even wrote my that some assembly required part one article that um, the movie was important for a number of reasons to MC, the MCU and Infinity War, but uh, one of those caveats was that it cast Robert Downey Jr. as a version of himself, no doubt. And Pavlak, uh, Jeff Pavlak, has always said, "There's no acting there." He's no, not acting. He's, just, he's he's having fun. Yeah. He's being himself. Is, yeah, that is. If Improv. you watch Robert Downey interviews, like as much as I have over the years, like that that that's him, like straight yeah. up. <clears throat> yeah. One thing is absolutely amazing. One thing I think that's worth noting for the series is we're talking a lot about the entire MCU. That's not always going to happen, but it's just so cool to see where like where it started. You can't help but watch this movie and think about this movie, and of course absorb it for what it is, but also just think about what it what it created and how it was such a foundation. So I think we're going to be focusing more, a lot more on the actual, you know, talking about the contents of movies from here on out, but we can't, we can't skip over the importance of the impact this movie had on the MCU. No, absolutely not. John's right. Like, we can't talk about Iron Man, the character of the movie without talking about how integral it was to the entire MCU experience. And therefore this show, yeah. uh, it's just, man, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful film. I guess let's, Let's talk just a little bit more about that if you want. Like overall, Iron Man is a movie here. If we're just kind of looking at this movie, general thoughts, relative, maybe rankings or, or quality. Let's talk about it a little bit. Um, I'm I'm gonna give credit. So I'll go I'll go the route of uh, I want to give credit to this movie actually because Marvel uh, and the MCU movies in general have the bad rap of having a. Uh, subpar villains let's just say and and in fairness to uh kevin feige and the and and marvel and their in their direction they've always stated from the beginning that hey our movies are going to be focused are going to be hero centric first the rest comes later that was something that they always mentioned way back when um with that being said though this movie doesn't follow along that trope uh the old the obadiah character for me in my opinion um it's not it's not a you know not a Thanos level or a Loki level villain, but I would say out of the 
many subpar villains that we do have in the MCU, I feel like he is a better one. Just because just seeing his antics, uh, seeing how he set up Tony from the beginning of the movie and seeing how that thread follows Tony along the way. And of course, the realization like, man, this guy that's been in Obadiah has been in his life since he took over the company when uh, I think they said when Tony was 21 years old. So seeing that, you know, even in Obadiah is obviously older than him. So seeing, uh, I'm sure there was a point where he looked to him as a mentor in a way, even though Tony was the boss. So just seeing that thread. Um, and then, of course, at the end, him turning into the Iron Monger and seeing how that stuff uh, turned uh, how that stuff turned out. But I personally feel like uh, he is one. And of course, Jeff Bridges. How can you not love Jeff Bridges? Yeah. Come on. Um, but just seeing seeing that character development from from that, that we don't really see in most of these mcu villains a lot of it is just like hey here's a bad guy uh you know thor guardians take him out that's pretty much it for i a do lot it i gotta it respond some depth to it. yeah definitely had some depth to it so here's how i'll break down obadiah stain and iron man one he was a great character for half of the movie he was a good <clears throat> villain for a quarter of the movie and then he was a cartoon horrible horrible antagonist for the last quarter of the movie all of a, that that stands out to me now more than ever. All of a sudden, Obadiah Stane goes from somebody who has ill will against Tony because he wants the best for his company to a man that will pick up a car with a family of five and and just sacrifice them to kill Tony for what to get the company back? No, that's not going to happen anymore. Like he throws all and there, there's a certain point where he throws all of his motivations out the window and just wants to kill Tony, and there's no real reason for that. So. That's the only thing that I, I take away from him being uh, th- that I would take away from him his performance as being a great villain is just it just doesn't hold up and that's not Jeff Bridges he is incredible he's awesome it's just the writing it's for the time it's very early in, in these superhero movies it it wasn't a smooth transition from somebody who has some ill intentions to somebody who was a mass murdering villain who doesn't really have a way out of this anymore. <laughs> Let so, me clear up my stance real quick. Yeah. Not great, just just good, like capital G double O D. And again, a lot of it was great, but then <clears> there's a specific <throat> turn where he holds that family of five and is about to murder them for no reason. That's where it kind of turns. Right. Right. So I got to talk about Joe Joe Badiah. I say, give me a second on that. With Obadiah Stain, uh, I love Obadiah Stain. <laughs> um, here's why. I think John kind of put it in a nice breakdown with the three parts for me, you know, just about until the, the end of his time in the movie, it holds up Yeah, uh, two days ago when I'm watching this movie, the moment that kind of stood out to me, not, you know, aside from the, the family of five in the car <laughs> is when he is shooting at Tony and his explanation is that he ripped out his targeting system. Oh, yeah. and he's not coming close <laughs> he's not to getting him. Close. Yeah. I remember that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's out to he, me too. It's like, like in reality, you're right. Yeah. Sit, sit still, you little prick. And I thought it was absolutely hysterical. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was kind of the moment where I was like, all right, this guy's become cheesy comic book villain guy. Yeah. And, you know, that's fine. That's fine. I like campiness. It, Again, it, I, I still <laughs> love it, but it's, it's worth critiquing. We're here to re- review the yeah. movie. I think there's just this this clear gap between what his original intentions were, were just to drive Tony out of the company because he wanted what's best and he wanted to keep selling weapons and he wanted Tony out. 
he wanted to kill Tony, but he didn't want to be public about that. You know, he always wanted to kill Tony. He's the one who ordered the first hit. He didn't want to, you know, trample citizens and murder families of five. That's there, there's a quick turn there. It's just, you know. Yeah. So a few, a few moments on particularly why I love the character. But what's funny is if you guys, uh, if you guys know what my dad looks like at all, especially if my dad shaves his head, he looks like Obadiah Stane. So in my phone for the better part of the last seven years, it's a picture of Obadiah Stane for his ID uh, in my phone. Um, <laughs> it's just when you, you know, if you've never seen him and you see him, you'll, you'll find the correlation and never be able to unsee it. Cause that's who he is. Um, the other part to this is <laughs> longtime Geekiverse fans will note a very cheesy and potentially hilarious video that we did to celebrate the release of civil war. Um, <laughs> we did a debate. <laughs> it was meant to be like SNL stupid where we had a, a character from our, someone from our staff play Steve Rogers and someone play um, Iron Man or uh, Tony Stark. And they had a debate over what was civil war. I was the moderator and I played a character named Jobadiah Stane, of course. Cause why not? Right. So oh, that video Lord. still exists on our, our YouTube and did it was so dumb. No, I did not. not watch it. That's why I was Joe Badaya. Otherwise, I would have been Obadiah. You'd still be was... Joe Badaya. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, so two moments in the movie that I really loved, particular with him, where I really felt like he was maybe close to, to peak villain. Uh, when he yells at the scientist, and he says, Tony Stark built this in a cave. Yes. That, is, yes. yes. that was next level, deep, intense Jeff Bridges. Uh, such presence. And the other time is when uh, Pepper is trying to, or she succeeds in downloading what she needs to, to the flash drive. Because when he comes around, even that, just that whole scene, there's this fen- this sense of horror and dread. Like, oh my gosh, he is going the to- The tension in that scene is, is real. Yeah. Like that was probably peak character for him for me. And I, uh, I always look back at him with, uh, a certain fondness because of some of those those moments. A lot, um, a lot of great moments. Again, I, I thought it was worth mentioning because he he does have a pretty a pretty quick tail off. But Jeff Bridges absolutely killed it. Very very good villain for most of the movie. Love the twist. I mean, didn't expect a twist when I first saw it in theaters and stuff like that. Good, well done. Just falls off at the end. In terms of uh, kind of our itinerary here. Would you guys have any estimate as to how many times you've seen this movie? In total? I've gotta be Ooh. I've gotta be floating around, if not slightly north of ten. I I'm probably around there. I gotta be. Incomplete. So I started I might be further than that. Let's see. Like I could be crazy and do the math, but I started doing full MCU rewatches right around the time that Guardians of the Galaxy came out. Okay. Like I so just a, just about every Marvel movie that came out after that, maybe skip a few, I guess. Um, I would start rewatching from the beginning, and obviously there were there were way less at that point. Um, so I I, I may be closer to fifteen. Okay, I I, uh, I definitely have seen bits and pieces and stuff like that, and it is a movie that will, I will often just throw on when I go to bed. So I mean, Disney Plus has made that very easy for me. I'm looking for a movie. I'm not going to watch this. I just want to hear it for about a half hour until I fall asleep. I'll click on Iron Man all the time. Full viewing is probably close to 10. 
I might yeah, be more in the same boat. I, I'm, my gut's telling me between like eight to ten, eight to twelve. Eight as the minimum. I, I, if I had to put money on it, I would I would put money on nine or ten. Okay, maybe okay. ten. I like it. I like it. Very accessible nowadays. Obviously, uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, we've got the Blu-rays. As you can see, you can get those very cheap on Amazon. We'll throw the link in if you still like the the physical media copies of, of those. And uh, yeah, you can uh, of course rent it on Amazon Prime. Um, John, is there anything else I'm missing before we get into uh, the latter portion of this? Latter portion being ranking. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the we kind of you covered it with with uh, Obadiah, but we wanted to talk about favorite non titular characters. So anybody other than Iron Man, I've got to stand out there other than other than Obadiah. Um, for me, Jarvis. So Paul Bettany is Jarvis. We take advantage, we take for granted how great that relationship is. I remember seeing this for the first time in like being blown away at that at that kind of like. Just relationship Tony has with an AI and the quippiness and how smooth and just buttery it is. I think Jarvis is a huge standout. And I, and I think especially when I first saw this movie it was a, a huge, huge standout. Yeah, good call. I, am I the only one who thought that that was Jude Law for the first few times I saw this movie? Because yeah. I definitely thought it was Jude Law. Yeah, you're the only one. It might just be you. Damn it. <laughs> uh, okay, never mind. Just cut that out. <laughs> Rashawn, favorite uh, favorite non Tony Stark character. Uh, I gotta go with Pepper. I mean, um, again, her 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 significance as we as we move as we move forward with these movies uh, is obviously you know doesn't even have to necessarily be mentioned. Uh, and and again, the chemistry that Gwyneth Paltrow and R R D J uh, have, like we talked about earlier, really carries a movie to be honest their their relationship and and seeing that bond form at these early stages here is is again it's his his lifeline it's literally his uh besides the arc reactor it's literally his uh his lifeline to to be somebody the the hope that tony has to to be a better person um there was a line in the beginning of the movie that i have here from jensen that says, so you're a man who has everything and a man who has nothing. Yeah. Because uh, if you think about that, before that, he 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 had everything. He had the money, he had the company, he had all this stuff. But when you get into that nothing piece, what besides that, when you when you strip that, what do you really have, Tony? And it, again, didn't have kids at the time, didn't have a, a real significant other at the time, didn't have, uh, honestly, a respectable legacy to leave behind either. Um, as far as he was called the merchant of death and this movie is him turning from that merchant of death to Iron Man and the person that keeps him on that straight and narrow and the one that helps him get to superhero status is Pepper. And then he builds more morals and things from there. Yeah, Um, that was his touchstone to reality and really his only his only relationship that he had. Now, I got to I got to take a quick segue. Josiah, you say your your favorite your favorite Obadiah Stane line is the uh, when he's talking to the guy about how Tony Stark was able to build that, right? Uh, I, I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite, but Aaron Weaver, thank you for calling in live to the MCU reviewed. Josiah is a big fan of that, so I just needed to hear it from the man, the myth, the legend. 
Mr. Aaron Weaver, thank you very much. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> so I I legitimately thought you were playing just a clip from the movie. Is he, dude, you have to see him do it in person. This man, Aaron Weaver. Yeah, person. I've seen, I, I think I have seen him do it in person. So good. So good. Thank you, Aaron, so for calling. I appreciate you. You know, I was just him and Han, but yeah, definitely that's not my favorite. Now it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Now you have no yeah. choice. Yeah, that's uh, kudos. <laughs> Thanks, that's <Aaron>. amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, with uh, with regards to uh, non-Tony Stark characters here, I gotta say, um, man, behind every every great man is an even better woman. Yeah, that's Pepper Potts, man. That that is, yeah. especially I talked about in the beginning. That's one of my first notes. Uh, seeing their relationship evolve, she's his his moral compass. She she fulfills Jensen's uh, kind of direction to Tony: don't waste your life, right? Yes. You know, make something of yourself past this money, this this fame, your Playboy, what what have you? And he does. And he even says it at some point in the, in the movie, uh, relatively early on. You're all I've got. Uh, so he definitely starts thinking about that when Jensen has that that conversation right before he he passes away. And um, Jensen is such a forgotten character. I feel like in the scheme of things, he's such an impactful character for being on on screen for such a short period of time. And Agreed. really, yeah. Tony doesn't get out of there without him, right? So he, he helps him along his his journey. For me, I, I would say specifically this movie. Uh, well, two more characters to love. Gotta love uh, John Favreau in very, very limited minutes uh, is happy. <laughs> I've come to be become such a John Favreau fan over the years, uh, whether it's what he's done with the MCU, with Iron Man, even things like the Chef Show, or my goodness, the Mandalorian now. You know, I love that guy. He's just a guy I would love to hang out with, it feels like. Uh, he has just been... Uh, such an integral part of that to me agent colson look what happened with him like he you know he became a recurring character agents of shield became a thing that's another thing but for me uh it does come back to jeff bridges uh obadiah is uh is that secondary character for me that would be my favorite non-tony star character oh yeah anything else uh that we wanted to get to uh any kind of closing thoughts uh, one thing for me, it gets me every time I watch this movie um, without fail. It is the you can't help but not love the first, not the first test flight scene when he's in the silver uh, suit and he and he's doing all of that. But the first real run as Iron Man in that classic Mark II uh when he uh, you, you, when he goes to that go town ahead. when he goes to that town that like the the, the people yep. that and kidnapped it, him were in yeah yep. right and 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 it's the moment that you get in every superhero movie where the superhero gets to show off their powers yes. quote unquote yes. for the first time that was um, amazing it's just <laughs> it, the reason why it's it's so amazing seeing it of course trying to put your 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 lens your viewing lens back in two thousand eight seeing the what the gadgets that Tony has then. And then just fast forwarding to Infinity War and Endgame and just seeing the gadgets he then has oh, yeah. and then trying to think about what he would have done to those guys <laughs> with the technology he ad- eventually develops for the Iron Man. Just too. the nanotech alone. We wouldn't even have had these three the, movies. Just 
done. <laughs> exactly. It, it just would have been over. Yeah. Um, Obadiah even himself wouldn't have stood a chance. Uh, so it, it's funny seeing stuff like that. Um, to and, and again, just putting on that lens of no. Now we know all of these things, right? That happened, and then just trying to bring it back to where you were back then. So that that that's awesome. And then the uh, immediately following that is is the plane scene with the two. Uh, with the two with the, with the two whole military jets, yeah. thing that was cool. yeah, yeah <laughs> so, the call with that Brody. was awesome that, that's that's really right cool. yeah yep. i think we're talking yeah. like little moments like that too i'm a big fan of the uh the fight at the end uh with obadiah and they they loop it all back to his first flight run whether he goes straight up and he goes uh how just solve the ice yes. problem and he's like what yes. ice problem and that 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 was a very cool callback very great tony starkism one of my favorites um that, that is one thing on kind of our list that uh, I had missed was quote unquote that moment, you know, yeah. maybe one moment that stuck out in your mind, maybe one of your favorite moments. Um, if it's, if you guys have other moments that you, you haven't mentioned yet, think about it for me. Uh, one thing that sticks out is when Tony goes back uh, to where he was right around the, the area of that cave and goes and basically frees the, the citizens that are there and kind of coming under fire and when he takes um, kind of like the the captain of, of that militia group there and says he's all yours, yeah. to me, that was a really nice uh, moment that sticks out in my mind of him kind of saying, hey, let's put this suit to use and let's see what, what kind of damage we can do. He, he, obviously, he, he puts it to good use. Yeah. And he, he does that and he, he say, reunites the, the father with his, his boy and his family there. To me, that was always... Um, that was one of the first Iron Man steps. Rashawn, if just to clarify, that was the same scene you and I were just talking about, right? Yep. Just make sure we're on I'm the sorry. Scene. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that Rashawn I'm wasn't sorry. talking about a very different scene and that you got that and I was the no. one that was left out of the loop. You were the one left out no, of the no, loop. No, no, no. It's okay. I just wanted to, to further elaborate and mention that it got it. Uh, that was kind of was so my cool. my moment uh for for what we were going to talk about. Obviously there's so many to choose from when we we look back on this. I think that moment still stands and still hangs around with, with some of the best, like, all right, this is like my my first go at this. Look what I can do moments when it comes to superheroes. I think of like the Raimi Spider-Man movies when he first learns to swing, stuff like that. Like, I think, I think this moment for Iron Man still stands as one of the the score in this scene is, is, is perfect. By the way, yeah, it doesn't didn't stand out to me. Not not much of the music in the early MCU's really hit me the way it does, obviously, in the later stuff. But I'll have to mm-hmm. re-listen for that. If we're yep. still talking scenes, uh, again, I referenced this earlier, but beside besides that scene, I think the scene. I mean, not even technically in the movie is. I'm going to go back to the Nick Fury man. It, it doesn't just. And not to reiterate the same points again, but again, just seeing that for the first time. And again, to this day, regardless of knowing what happens in the future or not, I literally sat here watching that again, and I still get goosebumps when he says, the Avengers Initiative. (laughs) And then just know what comes after. I think, uh, you know, if if I... So we talked about a few moments there, you know, especially from different ranges of emotions. And um, Rashawn, you even mentioned how the in the, the scene I chose how the score kind of emphasized that a little bit is, is there no, you know, you mentioned also the Avengers initiative in the post credits, but is there no more put your stamp on this movie? This movie has arrived than the very end of the film when Tony Stark says, I am Iron Man. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
a one thousand percent. Yes, three thousand percent. You got me. You got me. You got me. <laughs> honestly, and how epic was it to begin with? And let alone where we get to in recent times in the MCU, you know, especially well, with well, Endgame, how awesome that book ends itself. Well, the cool thing about that is um, probably won't get a, enough time to talk about this in, in latter movies because it's something that the MCU has trained us to throw out the notion of this movie and we see it progress um, and we don't see a change until the first Spider-Man secret identities. Who cares? Throw them out the window. That was one of the first major MCU uh, things that Kevin Feige and them did that throughout like those old comic book tropes. They did, yeah. they threw in a lot of comic book tropes, but that this was the first one of secret identities. Who cares? It doesn't matter. That's a great point. And we don't see, point. and we don't see that again till Spider-Man. And that's only because that is a true core element mm-hmm. of the character. Spider-Man character. Um, but again, like, when as we progress through the MCU, and by the time we get to Civil War, that's the main reason why they had to change that movie altogether because it's like, oh, this isn't focused on around secret identities like it is in the comics. We got to change this. So that was something that I loved, and they found a way to still make it work for every hero that didn't have a quote unquote secret identity. Yeah, they made it a thing, right? Like that. That was that's such a great point, Rashawn. Honestly, like we forget about it, or I forget about it now, but. That was always, it felt like, trope is the perfect word. It was uh, behind closed doors. It was a secret identity, had another personality when it came to a persona in public. And the MCU changed that right off the get-go. Movie number one, I am Iron Man. And you got to love it too, right? Because even leading up to that scene, like he's talking about, or in that scene, he's talking about, I'm not a superhero. Oh, you know, it, it wouldn't make sense. Like in his head, he's... He wants that, right? He's, Tony Stark wants that attention, yeah, that publicity. That's the guy. He's perfect. He's perfect. For I sure. love it. It's good stuff. Uh, good stuff all around. John, anything else? What a good movie. I had so much fun to watch. I mean, I've, I've seen that movie so many times. I just, It's just so fun to watch. I'm so excited. I'm going to be watching this again when I'm editing uh, Geekiverse stuff tonight, there I think. You go. This is going to be my background movie. Heck yeah, you yeah. are. um we do want to mention uh as we mentioned earlier fantastic is sponsoring uh this series here we're going to be doing some giveaways courtesy of fantastic john why don't you mention what we're going to be doing here for twitter oh yeah so uh so the idea at least with this uh this current iron man video is we're going to put throw out a tweet it's going to have this video in it share it with your friends but this tweet will also specifically say that hey this is the giveaway tweet we're giving away one shirt from Fantastic. Retweet this tweet. Make sure to follow the Geekiverse, and you will be entered to win the shirt. So we'll have a very specific tweet. You won't you know, won't be confused. We'll, we'll make sure it's obvious that this is the giveaway tweet. Give us a retweet. Give us a follow on Twitter. Share this video with your friends. You'll be entered to win the shirt. Easy enough. Simple. So a little bit, again, about Fantastic, our, our wonderful partner here. Uh, they are a division of 26 shirts. Uh, quick about 26 shirts at 26 shirts we sell different limited edition themed t-shirts every two weeks fantastic has a little bit different model on their time frame but same concept after a shirt's respective run is over the design is retired and never sold again for every shirt sold a donation is made to a specified family in need or charitable organization 
Uh, you can find f- more about Fantastic at 26shirts.com slash Fantastic. Uh, again, they've raised over $750,000 to date for uh, these families and organizations that are in need. Thank you very much to, to Del Reed and company for, for partnering up with this. We're super excited. We support those guys. They support us. And more importantly, they support those who are really in need. Uh, can't You won't find better people than that. All right. So uh, are we gonna we're gonna get to uh, the rankings yeah, here? This is the biggest part. I mean, so every every episode we are going to rank the MCU. Not only is it the MCU reviewed, we're viewing them again, but we're also reviewing them. And with reviewing comes ranking. So let's get into the ranks, guys. Let's pull up the little graphic here. The All MCU. Right. I'm so excited to see where this lands. All right. So this is our MCU ranking image. You guys can't see it. I can. The folks at home can. Uh, there's one spot available, and it's Iron Man. So right now, Iron Man's sitting pretty at number one. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Now, uh, we're gonna, as we mentioned, rank these week by week. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff Pavlock uh, of the Geekiverse. You, you may know him from our other shows throughout the years. He would list this currently having ranked all 23 movies as the number one. MCU movie when all is said and done. I want to tell you right now, it's not going to be my number one movie. That is a, it's a statement from Jeff. I don't know if it's a good one, but it's a statement. <laughs> Jeff made an interesting statement. Also, you know, we won't get into this, but he said uh, on social media, and I've known this for a while, but he, w- he went public with it. He said, Batman Begins oh. is the best movie in the Nolan trilogy. Yeah, I saw that. That Come on, Jeff. Jeff, I, I saw on. that as well. We're not getting into that. Jeff? This isn't the Nolan he, trilogy in reviewed. This is MCU reviewed. See, John, just like 2008, Batman overshadowing these <sighs> these movies. Come on, man. So it's always happening. Yeah, Jeff has a fondness for origins, but we'd love to hear from you regarding the MCU here. Where will Iron Man rank on your list? Ultimately, obviously, right now we're one for one. Number one. We're really excited uh, to get on with these. You've got a week to watch. The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, that's next. We're going. Yeah, like I said, uh, in in uh, sequential order, release date. Um, Incredible Hulk came out surprisingly close to Iron Man in terms of release date. It was like very close. I think it, it was, was very. I think close. it was like May, July. Something. It was like a couple of months. It was very. They were one hundred percent in theaters at the same time, like at my local theater, for sure. I remember that for like for a fact. Weird stuff. A little bit different nowadays. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, wrap it up here. Where can everyone find you on social media so we can debate these rankings together, Ooh. John? Yeah, find me uh, at Disruptoid. I'll be talking a lot about these movies. Aside from these reviews, I want to be I want to be in Twitter. I want to be hopping in there, getting in, hearing your rankings, um, and more so than my Twitter. Follow the Geekverse because we're going to be posting these reviews. We want to hear your impressions for the Incredible Hulk even before we film it. So I I would love to be able to take some some people's Twitter reviews and get those in this episode in the next, this next episode too and see what the people are thinking about the Incredible Hulk and all the movies moving forward. The the other twenty two we're working with here, um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Watching the Incredible Hulk is that going to be a lot of fun? Jerry's still out. Nope, it's not. It's not going to be fun. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Hey, I like that. Come on. All right, yeah. We'll get, we'll right, get to week, it next we're gonna week. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. <laughs> I, sus- I I enjoy the Hulk for what it was. The Incredible Hulk. We'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll about it. We'll get, we'll get into it. You know, you know, Incredible Hulk Dark World. We're, we're talking about Battle of the Titans here. It's oh, great. Oh my <laughs> God. Why did I sign up for this again? 
uh, Rashawn, you're on a number of Geekiverse shows nowadays. You're yes. all over the place. What are some of those shows that people can find you on, and where can they find you on social media? So you can find me right here on the MCU Reviewed. You can find me on the uh, our. Uh, ooh, if I could speak English, that'd be great. You can find me on our Disney Plus cast. Uh, you can also find me on. Uh, G3. What do we call? <laughs> I knew yeah, that was gonna it, happen. I knew it was gonna happen because we always refer to it as G three. So so no yeah. no fault to Rashawn there. Our gaming podcast. What what is what is our gaming show called, fellas? Help me it's out. It's Geek Scott Game. We we always shorten it to to G three just for convenience sake. But yeah. uh, geez, yeah, you would you're think all I would over learn, the place, man. You would it, think I would learn that, right? It's only your second one. It's, Honestly, we, we always call it G3 in our chat, so that, that is not your fault. Yeah. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, Rashad has been a wonderful addition to the Geekiverse. He stepped right in like he's been here for years. Yeah, He's doing a wonderful job for us, so definitely get involved with him on, on social media, especially for these MCU rankings. And uh, social media, uh, Twitter, True King Zero. Also, when you said that you needed to speak English, I was like, did someone accidentally switch your channel to Dutch? Because uh, we talked about that. On- <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, <yes>. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, last plug here. Uh, the Gigaverse has a nice uh, birthday coming up. We are turning six years old in the month of May. So uh, to celebrate, we're doing a few things. One of those things is discounted merch in our online store. So go to thegeekiverse.storeenv.com. You can purchase any one of our shirts that we've got. Over 20 designs at a discounted rate, uh, including if you're watching the video version, I know Mike's kind of in the way there, but it says, I love you 3000. If you're listening at home. So check that out. If uh, there's gotta be a design in there that you like, we'd appreciate the support. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I'm telling you right now, we're going to have an absolute blast with this depending on the week. You know, some of these weeks may be kind of iffy as we mentioned, but you know what? We're talking about Marvel. We're talking about what we love here again, for the most part. And we're doing it together, uh, whether it's Rashawn, myself, and John, or you, the community. We appreciate you tuning in and being a part of this. Get involved on our Twitter, as we mentioned. That's at the underscore Geekiverse. Can't wait, guys. Incredible Hulk next week. Get watching. Oh, got to figure out what John is so excited, guys. If you can only... If you're listening to the podcast, he's just he's got the biggest grin right now. It's great. Last time I watched this movie, I just remember it not being my favorite. But hey, I think I've... I'll, I'll throw this out there. I've only seen The Incredible Hulk once. One what? Time. Oh my goodness. Time. Spoilers for next week. I've only seen this movie once. So will I like it more my second time? You'll have to find out. And with that, for Rashawn and John, I'm Josiah. We'll catch you next week, next Monday, for an episode of MCU Review, The Incredible Hulk. Thanks for watching.